I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Judd Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right, uh, by this point in this season, we should be talking about spring training games. We are not. There is no Major League Baseball on the offing. We're still hoping against hope that a collective bargain agreement can be struck, but the last several weeks have not gone well. Well, maybe I'm being too much of a pessimist. I better bring in another voice here. I'm usually an optimist, but I'm getting ticked off about this baseball work stoppage. We'll see if our next guest, uh, Scott Miller, freelance writer doing work for the New York Times this day, fills in on Sirius XM MLB Network Radio from time to time as well, is as pessimistic as I am. Tell me, Mr. Miller, you got more of a smile face than me. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Jody, I, I, I've lost my optimism, uh, or at least most of it, which is sad. Uh, I've been all along thinking they were going to get this thing settled because, I mean, rationally, if you sit and look at it calm-headedly, in 2020, they could only play 60 games because of covid both the players and owners lost millions and millions of dollars in 2020. And I know the animosity is there and the lack of trust is there. And the players have had five years of anger building, but I still thought up until a week or two ago that after all that lost money in 2020, surely as much as they hate each other, there won't be an appetite on either side to lose millions more than for a second year out of three. And that was the optimism I was hanging on to. And that's gone now. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, when this resumes, who knows, I, the thing that where my, that I worry about now is obviously they met for 16 hours on Monday until three in the morning on Tuesday. And then they met several more hours on Tuesday and then things blew up, and it's like, okay, after all of those meetings, all those hours, Monday and Tuesday of last week, that, that's when they could have and should have got a deal done. I mean, obviously, well, they could have and should have back in, in December, but Monday, Tuesday was the time, and when things blew up and they all went home, that's when I began to get worried we may have to settle in for a, a, a long, cold winter part two. And that is just flat out sad. All right, I need you to do a value judgment for me because I have to check myself every once in a while because, as you know, uh, some of our listeners know, uh, I got a kind of a uh, ownership uh, management 
DNA floating through my uh, veins because my father was a general manager for three different major league teams. So every once in a while, yeah. I I hear the critique from people, and I maybe even fear it a little bit of myself that I can't get out of my own belief and my own and can't look at it objectively, even though I always try. Here's one thing that got on my nerves a lot this week in hearing others critique what's going on between the two sides. I say a pox on both of their houses. I think they're both acting childish and foolish and greedy and everything else and a pretty darn equal split. More people seem to be blaming the owners for this because the negotiations didn't start after they stopped it in December for 45 days. Well, I believe it, if it had been the other way around, it wouldn't have started either. Each was looking for leverage. Nothing's going to get done two and a half months out. We saw them take the mad dash this past week to try and get something done. And, of course, they didn't. Came up short. But that's what happens when you get a deadline. People start to take things seriously. But people are critiquing the owners harshly because they're the ones who shut it down. They stopped the game in December. Whereas the players just said, hey, we're not on strike. You guys are locking us out, which was true. I completely understand the owner's strategy on this. The last time they couldn't get a deal done and both sides had major reasons to believe this was going to be a very difficult negotiation, that the last time this happened, 1994, the players walked off in September and we lost the World Series. So what is going to be worse, starting a season late, missing some games, not playing 162, or uh, players walking away at the end of the season and losing out on a World Series and having no champion. I would suggest what the owners did here is not nearly as bad as what the players once did, and they feared the players going to do the exact same thing again. They know the uh, the best time for them to walk out is right before the playoffs when the owners get big TB bucks. So I think the owners were just pre- uh, preventative and presumptive in their timing of setting this out, and I don't blame them for that. Do you? No, I, I don't because of, of what you said. I mean, a, look, a deal had to get done. Uh, I mean, by definition, they, 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 they have to enter into another collective bargain agreement. And I agree. It, 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 you know, the players, and you, we've seen some of their vitriol this past week, um, you know, they're angry, and they've been angry. And I think, you know, in terms of a pox on both of their houses, I mean, there are points to be made on either on on both sides. I mean, it, it, as you, you know, it, it, it always takes two to make a disagreement, yep. and the players, I think, are rightfully angry on a couple of things. You know, one, uh, there's no question the owners have manipulated the uh, current scene as a result of the last couple of CBAs. Uh, the owners have manipulated things uh, with analytics and, and, and salary cap. Not salary. There's no salary cap, but the luxury tax threshold works as a de facto salary cap, and the owners yep. have figured that out. And that's why you have to, you know big spenders like the Yankees, you know, going all the way up, tiptoeing all the way up to that luxury tax line without going over it now. And and so you know, free agency has been depressed over the last few years. The average annual major league salary has dropped for four I mean, the, and also I think where the players have righteous anger on their and righteousness on their side is you know the the, the arguing about competitive integrity because when you've got teams like the Baltimore Orioles and Miami Marlins and others basically tanking every year and and not trying to win because they were trying to rebuild, 
you know, if you, if you have four or five teams, that, that takes four or five teams out of the free agent market every year. That's something else that's helped depress the free agent market. So I think I agree there's an issue with competitive integrity in the game. Um, I think the players, to a degree, their, their salaries keep dropping. And before, right before COVID, $11 billion revenue industry, uh, record revenues, yet the players' salaries, average salary, has dropped. So from all of that, uh, yeah, it's hard not to say the players have some points. But to your other, to your main point, one thing you just said, because the players, I think, do have some good points to make, some righteous anger, and I think part of what they were saying is rights. Part of the system needs to change. So there had to be an agreement, and if the season started, yes, the, don't, the players almost certainly would have eventually struck. So to me, the, is it a lockout? Is it a str- strike? It's a lockout, but it's kind of semantics because either way the game was on the precipice of being interrupted. Um, but all that said, uh, you know, I do think we're also to a point where the owners have made a few concessions. You know, they they funneled some money, or offered to funnel money toward younger players, um, and I think that the players are going to have to reach a point where they're not going to get every single thing they want, and they're going to have to take the best offer. And the point to be made there is the last couple of CBAs. It's pretty clear the owners have schooled the players and they've lost ground. So now, use a football analogy, say the players have lost 50 yards in the last two CBAs. This year, the ground they've lost, they're not going to make up all 50 yards from what they've lost the last two CBAs. They're going to, I think, eventually have to settle for okay, if we can gain 25 or 30 of those yards back, right. that's the deal we need to take now, and then we'll work on getting the other 20 yards back in the next CBA. I, I think that's what's going to ultimately end up happening. And a big bunch of those yards in the analogy you, you just used, which I liked, uh, is going to come down to the CBT, competitive balance tax, right. luxury yep. tax, call it what you want. There's been movement by both sides. Not a whole hell of a lot of movement. Neither one, from their opening proposal as reported, have moved all that much. There is still a lot of room in the middle to compromise, but it, it doesn't look like an insurmountable, an undoable amount. Um, where, where are we in the timing of this? Yeah. Whose turn is it to move? Who do you think has to make the bigger move between the two parties if we agree that the CBT, the uh, Competitive Balance Tax, is the biggest hurdle that both sides have to try and get over and come to a middle ground in. Yeah, and it is. Um, and the owners are stuck at $220 million. They They want to keep it, hold the line at $220 million. I think the players, in their most recent proposal, proposed, you know, it, it shoots up this year to $238 million. So, you know, I mean, easy to say, Jody, when it's not your money and not my money, but it, it, if there's a gap in the CBT offers of 18 million or say 18 to 20 million it 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 seems like just compromise on that there's does seem plenty of room to compromise so um i I think a couple things the the cbt is this that's what the owners are really 
uh, hell bent on keeping it 220 million. I think they're going to have to go up from there. But that being the biggest issue, that's where back to what I just said about I think the players are going to reach a point where they should take the best deal they can get, understanding they're not going to make up all of the ground they've lost all at once. And that applies probably mostly to the CBT. You know, I just, they're not going to get the CBT up to where they want it. So I think get the owners to come up as much as you can and take the deal. Um, That's, I think, ultimately what's going to have to happen. The thing that's frustrating, (laughs) I mean, I can predict how this is going to come out. There's going to be some kind of compromise at some point. You know, maybe it's two weeks from now, maybe it's two months from now. Whenever it is, you know what's going to happen? The deal's going to be unveiled, and it's not going to be all of us looking at it and baseball industry looking at it saying, wow, that is an unbelievably creative deal, and it, I, who knows how they even came up with that. No, it's going to be some kind of compromise. Like I say, maybe two weeks or two months from now, and when the deal's done, we're all going to look, and it's going to be, yeah, duh. You figured out some midpoints. You compromised. This deal could have been done on December 20th or January 20th. Why did we have to wait till May 1st to get it? That's what's going to happen, and that's what's going to be uh, make us all even angrier. But, you know, and, and lastly, to your thing, to your point, uh, the, 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 the latest this weekend is that the players are going to come back to the owners with some semblance of a counteroffer, at least they're expected to, on Sunday, and so maybe that will at least resume some talks. No, one of the things that has come out over the last uh, 24, 48 hours, kind of above and beyond the collective bargaining, is that major league teams are uh, petitioning now, pushing for having no Rule 5 draft. Knowing as many winter meetings you've been to, the Rule 5 draft is always kind of a cool little thing. You try and find a diamond in the rough. Used to be 25000 then it got up to 50000 it got up to 100000 But still, you find a guy who's good enough to contribute on your roster all year long for $100,000, somebody you didn't sign and give a signing bonus to. Not a bad way to add players. But because of the way that this offseason has gone, there was no Rule 5 draft because they shut baseball down before they had it. They assumed they were going to have it. Uh, as soon as they struck a collective bargaining agreement, they have not. All those minor league players who are not on 40-man rosters are in camps now, but all teams are not allowing scouts in to watch them practice and play. So you can't even get a last look at a 40-man roster draftee that you may take. So it seems like across the board, all the teams have said, let's just do away with the uh, Rule 5 draft for this year. And that kind of screws the players because every year there are a bunch of guys who get uh, picked up and at least they got a chance to make a team. And if they do make a team out of spring, you got to keep them all year. Otherwise, you got to give them back. So a guy gets a full year, he doesn't even have to fool around with that manipulation of when you're going to come up. Is it going to be arbitration eligible, super two? This is kind of a little side story that's popped up. But again, it's flying in the, uh, the face of what's best for the players. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's almost like, I mean, I don't want to discount it, but by, well, it's like a, it's like another petty move, you know, by the owners or is in each game, each side, you know, tries to do something to, you know, jab the other side. And, and, you know, it's just, 
it leaves you shaking your head saying, you know, whatever happened to, you know, looking out for the best of the interest of the game. Right. I mean, the, the, the thing that, that we're at is, is this game's been around 150 years and, you know, the people in charge on both the player side, and the owner side are just custodians of the game. They have, they're in charge for a short amount of time over the 150 year history. And, you know, you should leave it better than you found it, hand it off to the next group of owners of, uh, of leaders, you know, player and owner leaders. And, you know, there's great responsibility as caretaker of the game because, you know, I don't have to tell you, everybody listening and, and all baseball fans everywhere, uh, you know, people have lived for this game for year, decades and decades and over a century. And, and you know, there's just so much short-sightedness going on now about not what's best for the game or not, not even how to grow the game. We heard so much, you know, when Rob Manford took over about we need to grow the game, especially reconnect with younger generation. I, I mean, and yet everything is a short-term money grab to try to do as much, you know, build, make as much money as you can. And, and there's just not a lot of long-term vision in the game. And that's sad. All right. Uh, I did read this today, too, that both sides, the players first and the owners kind of jumped on the bandwagon afterwards, have said they will contribute to a fund to make up for lost wages for those working in spring training sites and ballparks all over the place. They kind of need the job more than either the players or the owners, and they're going to lose out because we're going to have a shortened season that they've uh, said they'll come up with a fund and both sides will fund it. Uh, is that just a Band-Aid over a uh, massive? Of, uh, cut that needs complete surgery will they win any sympathy from the fans by at least doing the right thing i can't knock it but i don't know how much credit i should give to either side for it right right yeah um it's hard to know until we know exactly okay how much money are we talking because you're right i mean if it's just a token amount then yeah it's just a ban it's just a public relations move if it's you- a serious amount of cash um you know then we'll see but it, they're right i mean when you go to the ballpark, I mean, part of the whole joy of the baseball world, I mean, yeah, we all go to watch the game on the field, but part of the joy is, you know, the ushers in the stands. I mean, a quick story um, that I just actually thought of. You made me think of it with a question, but last summer, I live in the San Diego area. I've got a neighbor, a, a, a great older gentleman in his 70s, sees a ticket holder, and he, he, he says last summer, I, I, I want to take you to a game. So long story short, we go to a game. We sit in his section of see, uh, his season ticket holder. And it, it, it was funny. It was the game. Max Scherzer was still with the Nationals. He was pitching against the Padres. He gave up that grand slam to the Padre reliever, Camarona. Yes. <laughs> it was that night. So, But anyway, we get there. There's a, the, the usher in the, his my friend's section was this beautiful lady, probably in her 70s. And she knew all the season ticket holders. They knew her. She just was there because she loves people. She loves the game. The money she made each night helped her out. Uh, and she went on. She and I connected. Uh, she was a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. I'm a, I'm a parent head. She had tickets already in uh, a month after that game. She always wanted to see a show at Red Rocks, the famous amphitheater in, in Denver, outside Denver, Colorado. And she loves Buffett. And he was playing there. 
and she's in her 70s. It's like a bucket list item. And I got such a kick out of that story. It's people like her all over the place. How many, you know, hundreds of ushers in Petco Park, in Citizens Bank Park. It's These are the people that work in baseball, and this extra money helps their quality of life and helps them meet, meet, pay bills. And, and it's part of the ballpark experience for all of us that go. We watch the game on the field, but we also – it's awesome when you get to know the ushers and just the people that are there every day. And absolutely, these are the people, not only are they taking it in the shorts right now by missing opening day, but in 2020 when it was just a 60-game season. So you're talking about these older people that work as ushers or parking attendants. This is two years out of three where they're losing all kinds of money. Yeah. And it's just, it's wrong. And I hope, you know, your original question it depends on how much money the players and owners kick into this fund. Exactly. I would hope it's I would hope it's not just eyewash. I, I hope it's more than a token amount. Love the story you told. Sounds like a lovely woman. I won't hold it against either one of you for being a parrot head. Sorry, I'm not a Jimmy <laughs> Buffett fan, uh, but that's okay. Uh, last thing, trying that's to right. sneak back out. I go, I go out in other of... directions too. A lot of other music too. But go uh, on. <laughs> good enough. You can't do worse. Um, uh, one other uh, on the field type question. You and I both know that since they shut down free agency in December when they put baseball on hold, did the owners, there were behind-the-scenes closed doors, on, uh, burner phone conversations being had between teams and agents for those who didn't sign as far as free agency goes. Yep. We know those conversations were ongoing the entire time. Have they ratcheted up because at least they're meeting and at least they're getting close? Are they less likely to happen now and then it's going to be a mad scramble and dash? How are conversations that are not supposed to be happening actually yeah. going these days? Yeah, I mean, you hear bits and pieces, but I, by and large, I there's not a ton going on. And I, yes, there's going to be a mad scramble. Whenever there is an agreement, I, I think – you know, the general managers and presidents of baseball operations are going to have to figure out how to pack like 30 hours into a 24 hour day for the first week after the agreement, because it's going to be a crazy sprint to try to build a team that generally takes three or four months over the off season. You're going to have to do it in a week. You know, uh, some teams, as you mentioned, have already signed some free agents back in November and some as such have a, little bit of a head start on some other teams, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a head spinning frenzy of, of free agent signings and trades. And I mean, it's going to be hard enough work. It's going to be full-time jobs just to get, for example, all the Latin American players in the game to get their visa squared away and get them into the country uh, to you know, whenever spring training starts between whenever there's an agreement, whenever spring training starts, you know, you're going to, all kinds of absences, not just unsigned players, but absences from camps from, you know, the Latin American players that are, you know, still stuck in Venezuela or the Dominican Republic because, you know, they may be signed, but they can't, uh, they can't get over here because their work visa is still being processed. And not to mention, by the way, free agents that live in those countries you can't even get a, a visa anyway because they come over on work visas. Right. So got to have unless, a job to be able to come to. Exactly right. So for, if you're a free agent ball player in the Dominican Republic, you know you, you got to get signed before you can even get your visa to get over here. So it's going to be crazy. 
It is going to be a mad dash sprint. Uh, Mr. Miller, I hope the next time I call you, a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks down the road, we're talking about uh, the mad dash that is on because they're scrambling to sign free agents and camps are opening up. But if not, I will get you back on in three or four weeks and we'll talk about what the hell are they still doing without an agreement in place, if that's okay with you. Exactly. That sounds like a plan, and then and then we'll also discuss uh, uh, who's your musical favorite. If it's if not for uh, not Jimmy the, Buffett, the no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 nobody but Jimmy Buffett. Uh, always a pleasure, Scotty. Thank you much, buddy. I appreciate it. Scott Miller, free agent uh, columnist doing work these days for the New York Times. You catch him every once in a while on Sirius XM's MLB Network as well. We can add this to the conversation we've already had. NBA, NFL, little Kentucky Derby prep stuff all across the board tonight. Get on my telephone lines. What is it you want to talk about? 855-212-4227. Get on with the Mac Man here on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.